Manimal here. It's Monday, October 30th, and today on Texas Rangers with the boys, Kevin and I, we're going to go around the league on some of those managerial updates, and we've got some players that may be traded in the offseason to talk about. We're also going to talk about World Series Game 2, and we're going to preview World Series Game 3. So join us for all of that and more today on Texas Rangers with the boys. Hey, this is Mitch Garver. You're listening to Texas Rangers with the boys. Hey, thanks, buddy. Welcome back to Texas Rangers with the boys. We are the boys, your daily Texas Rangers podcast by a couple of pro wrestlers who love Rangers baseball. And we want to thank you for making us the first listen of your day. This is your boy, Kev. And I want to go ahead and just tell you right now to walk away from the ledge, pull the hand away from the panic button. The Rangers are going to be fine but before we talk rangers let me tell you about social media you can find me on social media at kevin lee frazier that is f-r-a-z-i-e-r and you can find texas rangers with the boys on social media at tx rangers wtb don't forget to check out our website texas rangers with the boys.com one word and joining me another uh person who is not even remotely worried about this ranger squad or these World Series, or our World Series uh, chances here. We have been through the ups and downs with this team all year long. We have seen this team uh, have games like this and come back and do fantastic. Let's not forget that Arizona lost their game to 10-zip. The 300-pound manimal, a.k.a. Bull. How you doing, buddy? Where can they find you on social media? I'm doing good. I, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna uh, re- um re-say what you just said a second ago get away from the ledge it's okay i didn't think they were going to win it in four anyways i don't think they're Mm going to win it in five may not win it in six so you know get get locked in get in your chair get prepared because it's going to be a long series and you know i mean we saw in game one that if the rangers can stay within shouting distance they're always in it and we saw in game two that that small ball can can really affect you, and it can really affect you if you're not throwing strikes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you can't give them you can't give them extras. You can't you know. So we we learned that, but we're going to talk about that in a little bit. So right now, we're talking about how I'm doing. Uh, we're doing just fine over here at uh, Casa Manimal, and. Mm. Uh, you know, I want everybody, please uh, put my my uh, wife in your thoughts and prayers. Uh, she's been having a little bit of uh, um, breathing issues the last couple of days. So if you would, just a special shout out to her and uh, keep her in your thoughts, her prayers, your prayers, and uh, and just in, in your mind, if you would, for, for me. So uh, um, other than that, man, we're going to just get on it. We're going to talk about Rangers baseball. We're going to talk about that in a minute. So I'll tell everybody right now on X, Twitter, uh, the tweet thing. Yep. Bull yep. Pro. I mean, I'm sorry. Manimal Bull. Instagram, Manimal 300. And both Facebook and TikTok uh, at Bull Pro. So whatever you like to do with the socials, uh, I'm there somewhere. So let's talk some baseball. Absolutely. Well, hey, before we jump into the uh to the Rangers, we've got a little bit of around the league to talk about, get, given that we've got one box score to cover uh, and a game to preview. So the rain, the Angels, um, they have a really interesting array of players that they're looking at for former managers, 
And my biggest concern about bringing this up is the rabbit hole that it could create because this is a really interesting, um, just an interesting, an interesting set of names that the Angels are considering uh, for their next head coaching position. Yeah, uh, former players Tim Salmon, Tory Hunter. I also saw Darren Erstad, um, you know, the former <laughs> Nebraska punter. Uh, but you know, the, those are three really uh, interesting former players that they're looking at. A fourth interesting player that they're looking at. I'm pretty sure Benji Gill played for the Angels, right? After he moved on from Texas. So Benji Gill's another interesting old player that they're, you know, bringing back for an interview. He did a really good job with the Mexican national team this past year at the World Baseball Classic. And then uh, former Red Sox skipper Ron Renneke uh, is another guy that they're looking at. So they've got one guy there with some experience. And then, you know, four guys or so that have uh, playing experience in Anaheim. They know the big A, they know the Angel fans, and they've won there in the past. Yeah, just, uh, you know, <coughs> it seems like it's like all the, like, really good old Angels players. <laughs> like, well, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> I'm kind of shocked that Mo Vaughn didn't get a call. Yeah, I mean, and I guess, and Benji Gill, I would say, like. Yeah, like the former really good players and Benji Gill. Yeah, um, just but, a really, just a really peculiar, uh, just a peculiar list of of names for the Angels. Do you think any of these guys are really the answer for this? Is that is this the right, I mean, it, it's definitely showing that they're willing to try something new. Well, and, and, you know, as much as we say they're willing to try something new, in my mind probably right now, Renicky is probably the, the front runner. Okay, and, and why him? And I just think because of the experience, because of what he's done in the past, he's just, I mean, he's been around the league a long time. But then again, you know, so has Tim Salmon. So has Benji Gill. Benji Gill's got a little bit of, you know, he's got a little bit of buzz about him because of the job he did. And, you know, guy, I don't know, you know, Tory Hunter is the, Darren Erstad. I mean, if you thought about him back in the day, he was always a real smart player. Hmm. <clears throat> Tory Hunter was, I mean, I don't know. It's interesting. There's a lot of guys in that, in that list that I don't know, you know, I don't know. One, one more thing. Sure. One more thing um, that I feel like needs to be noted is we're we're talking about some players that are possibly going to be available once this offseason starts. So before we talk about that, I want to just kind of put a pin. Real quick, uh, back to the oh, angel. One quick, one quick question I have for you as, sure. as just, you know, uh, any of those guys, Tim Salmon, Tory Hunter, Darren Erstad, Ron Renicky, Benji Gill, any of those guys make uh, Shohei Otani stay? Oh, dude, I, I, that's the thing about the Angels right now that I, I, I just don't see a situation right now where I don't know, man. Like, if you're Otani, I'm, I'm really concerned if I'm Otani right now. Like, I, I'm just concerned because I think it's like. Man, is this team for real or not? And, well, and, and the, yeah, you know, is the organization for real or not? You know, and the biggest question on that is, I mean, look, I don't have any like I like Tim Salmon as a you know great player in his time. Tory Hunter, the same thing. Darren Erstad, the same thing. 
Benji Gill had a lot of uh, uh, upside that never quite panned out. But, you know, are any of those guys just the answer that, that says, like, oh, man, we're, we're coming for Houston, Texas, Seattle? Yeah, none of them. No, no I, don't and, think, and... I don't think any of it, like, is, is going to move the needle for the team, especially if the team is uh, talking about moving pieces. I don't know, man. The Angels are the really next strange. question. Uh-huh. Does Benji Gill kind of jump to the forefront if this is a where they – and it'll lead us right into the next thing that we were going to talk uh-huh. about. Is Benji Gill maybe the answer if they were to be like, say, trading Mike Trout in the offseason and then Benji Gill's kind of the guy they use as that rebuild manager? Or yeah, would one of Benji these other Gil- guys be interested in that too, like an Erstad or a – uh, maybe Tim Salmon. I mean, if you're going to get into a full on rebuild, I'm not sure if a player managed like a player that, that hasn't really run a front office before. And I don't mean run a front office, but you know, like, like they yeah, have get a lot of, like player development background Understand. Yeah. and all of that stuff. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of, of former players that are coming into situations where they kind of have, um, the front office type stuff all all locked up and they go in there and they just they coach you know they're like coaches um I'm not a big I'm not sure how I would feel about like putting them in a situation where you know it's a full rebuild I don't know if I can remember a player coach like a, a coach that was a player that did that but I'm sure they exist because there's so many uh former players that um, that are coaches right now but I don't know. The question you asked me was anybody move the needle? I don't think so. I really don't. Yeah, even even a Tory Hunter, say, as a guy that would come in and and be, you know, maybe some national news for them, uh, you know, some real national news headline type news stuff. But uh, going back to that next guy, that guy that we were talking about, Mike Trout, uh, I think there's a possibility that he gets traded this off season. <sighs> Yeah, I, I think if the Otani thing goes south, which I think it will, I think Trout's gone. I think the I think the Angels they don't I don't think they have much of a choice as it relates to like a full rebuild. I don't think they they I just think they've tried the the re rehat like the it's not like a quick rebuild, but the what do you call it when you just like you don't do a rebuild but you kind of like revamp. Yeah, like, you send away half your team at the trade deadline, and then you go back out in the off season and just refill those half half your team with guys that are about the same. Yes, yeah, and think maybe if you switch up the, um, if you switch up the the chemistry the pieces, kind of, yeah, then maybe uh, you know, then maybe <laughs> then maybe you can you can you can redo it. You know, I don't know how to explain what I'm, I'm you know, what I'm, but you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, no, I um, get it. it it's I, the I idea know. that you're trade, you're, you're, you're switching up, you know, you're in one year, you got Hunter, Hunter Renfro out there. The next year you've got say Max Kepler out there, but at the end of the day, they're basically the same guy for, for you, you know, like, I mean, yeah. they're the same player ish. I mean, I would say Kepler right now is better than Renfro, but that could change, you know, in April next year. No, it could change uh, season to season for sure. Um, so, yeah, and, and then let's talk about this next – another team that I want to put a pin in this team because I think they're going to be an ongoing dramatic 
story as the offseason plays out, and that's San Diego. Because you told me that Juan Soto is possibly on the trade deadline. Yeah, I mean, he's on the on the on the, the hot stove's going to heat up this year if Juan Soto's available, right? I mean, because you know, I mean, like if he's if they're looking to trade him and they're looking to uh, down, you know, I don't know, man. That's a weird. It's a weird move. I get it if they know for sure they're not going to sign Juan Soto back. I mean, I don't know if they they you know spent too much on Bogerts and Darvish and. And the pieces they put in there this year and re-up in Musgrove and yeah, I don't know. I don't know what their what their play is. I, I just it's weird to think that they're gonna let Soto go in the middle of Machado and Fernando Tatis Jr. and having a real a real uh, you know, superstar laden team that could that could win a lot of games, or I mean, because they were really into it all the way up until the last week of the season. And just think, if they would have had Tatis for a whole season, would have had, you know, I mean, it would have changed things up. I think they're probably they were probably a playoff team if uh, Tatis Junior is there the whole season. I don't know, man. I mean, they're a weird they're a weird team, but. If you can get a mother load for Juan Soto, yeah. But, I mean, if it brings you back a couple of prospects, like kind of it did for the Nationals. I mean, I know that there's a couple of pieces that are good in that, but it was just kind of some dudes for Soto and some other pieces. So, I'm, I'm not sure, man. I mean, you know how it is. Anytime you trade a guy like Juan Soto for prospects, you're trading the real deal for a lottery ticket. Yeah, and, 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 and it doesn't walk. make sense. It just doesn't make sense to me because, you know, they gave up so much for this guy. And it's not like their team is just completely in the on the on the fritz. You know, they're not they're not just I don't know, man. It's just well, strange. And, I think and again, I'm gonna pair reason, that. Oh, go ahead. Go I ahead. think maybe the reason they think they can turn around and, and deal him is because you said that they gave up a bunch for him, but they really didn't. They gave up one big time prospect and then a couple of other guys to match, you know, w- with what else that uh, they were that Washington was sending them. So I didn't think that like they really had to mortgage the 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 uh, farm, but at the same time they were already a weak farm going in. It just I I just wonder like because you're not going to get better, I don't think immediately by trading Soto. No, you're definitely not. There's no way you can. But the idea yeah. is that if you trade him in, in the off season right now, there's a better chance that you get a pile of prospects for him than if you do it at the deadline in August or Ju- the end of July. So I think that's where the idea that he's on the market comes out. And, you know, I mean, the moment that Juan Soto's name gets dropped – Every Yankee fan, Met fan, Dodger fan, Red Sox fans. Giants fans. Yeah, they all are starting to put that kind of pressure on their GMs to be like, well, why aren't we in the Soto mix? And and then that kind of puts them in a spot where they have to be like, well, what kind of, pro- you know, what do we have to do to get Soto? And, and you know, like there's a lot of pressure that comes with just like the moment that somebody uh, introduces the idea that Juan Soto's available. Well, I think also, too, for me, the bigger question is just more of like, like 
you're if you're talking about Soto being available, what does that implication mean for the rest of the team? Because um, if you're not competing right away, then what's the point in having all these big these big name players? Yeah, uh, no, very true, very true. And like and it I mean, just doesn't make sense. And you know, the worst thing of the whole thing is between Machado, Bogerts, Darvish, and the guys that they have locked up, those deals aren't good deals either. Like, yeah, I mean, so those trades, they're Machado not, not going to be, be trading those deal. guys away. I, I would say that Machado, anybody that would be uh, willing to take on Machado, that's under a good deal because he's got to be close to getting down to about five years left on that thing. And I think he was only getting 30 a year. So you're somewhere probably five and 150 left on Machado, um, which is still a lot of money. But at the same time, he's a productive third baseman in the big leagues. And that's a hard position to fill a lot of times. Um, But, uh, you know, Darvish, they'd have to eat most of his salary to be able to to deal him. And uh, uh, Bogertz, they would have to eat a lot of that salary to to deal him. Uh, so, uh, you know, Tatis is on a pretty friendly club deal because he signed one of those early, early deals. Um, so, you know, they're, they're interesting. I don't know that, I don't know exactly what they're giving up and what they're looking to trade, but I mean, that's definitely interesting with Juan Soto on the board and, you know, he's up against it. He's going to get his money for this year and then next year he'll be a free agent at the end of the season. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's risk for the team that takes him on too, because really you're trying to do like the old St. Louis style, get him in town and then never let him leave. Mm-hmm. And Soto's going to test his, he's going to test the free agency market. Man. Yeah. You can't, you can't blame him for that, especially because that, well, that, and he kind of bought a lemon with San Diego and that's, that's, well, that's kind of what I'm I think that's what my what my kind of point is of it all is is that there's something more going on in this San Diego situation than um than we're getting than we're getting in terms it, it's just the stuff that's coming out of there makes it seem like this team is in flux and they've got some they've got some internal issues going on and that that yeah and I, possible, I think it kind of starts with AJ Preller. Well, and I think it's quite possible that that Soto met one out. You know, it might be as much him wanting to get out of this deal uh, because you know the coaches the coaches leaving. Uh, you know that that's kind of my that's my two cents on it. But I, again, I may be wrong, but I think we should just keep a pin in this situation. As uh, yeah, uh, another quick name: Alex Verdugo from Boston, uh, pretty good left-handed batter. Uh, not a great right fielder, but um, if I were Texas, I might be interested in him uh, playing some outfield next year here and DHing. Uh huh. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, really, none of the names. I mean, Soto, of course. Uh, Trout. You know, you're always interested, but what's the, you know, what's the catch? What you got? What you got to give? Trout's got a lot of years, a lot of money left. Soto, you know. Who knows? I mean, I can see why he's on the market. I also can see why, if it's his call, why he would want to get out of San Diego. Uh, Verdugo, he's kind of, I think he kind of rubs Boston wrong. I think he, I think he tries, I think he wants to have too much fun to play in Boston, maybe. Mm. 
too friendly of a guy to be playing. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, I don't know. I I can't. I couldn't tell you for sure. Um, you know, up there in Milwaukee, there I saw that maybe Willie Adamas is uh, on the market. I mean, he doesn't play a position that puts him in a spot that Texas would be interested, but. Spread that wealth, and you know how Milwaukee likes to do it. They like to get them up against those RBers and send them away and bring in somebody new to do it for them. Yep, yep, definitely that money, money-ish ball. Well, hey, let's. Yeah, what? Let's, hey, no. real quick, one more, one more thing, one more uh, player trade possibilities. Uh, I I saw where uh, um, one of those St. Louis outfielders, Paul O'Neill's nephew and uh maybe uh one of those guys might be available you interested in any of those st louis rejects it worked Uh, out pretty good that last time with the dollars i think with the rangers right now if you want my opinion on their on the free agency uh scenario with the rangers i i really want to see what we've got i think we've got some some really good uh minor league players i really would like to see what we got and then if if those guys aren't looking like they're going to pan out, I always feel like you can get a great, a good hitting veteran outfielder. That I feel like they come a dime a dozen. They're one not year, really expensive. It's a bad one year. No, I, that's the other one. I, I I'm more I'm more content with getting those guys on uh, shorter term contracts and and really just kind of bringing them in as role players and and kind of the extra. Um, kind of just an extra an extra player if we need them kind of thing as opposed to uh blocking up the uh you know blocking up the, the minor line. league players yeah, from, from coming up and playing yep that's that's my two cents on that absolutely so you know friday december 1st is right around the corner right oh baby come on talk about it and on friday december 1st at martin house brewing company right there on the east side of fort worth off of 121 and 35 collectively you can uh, come out and check out matt war pro for the first ever winter classic we've talked about it in the past a little bit it's going to be starting like a stanley cup it's going to be like you know every year the winner name goes on there and they get to carry it for a year and uh um, i'm pretty excited about it I'm hoping that, like, like I was saying, you know, I get paired up with like Brick Savage or Damo McCullough or uh, maybe Dante Smiley, somebody like that, to where you know they can carry the old manimal to victory these days. Mm, mm. So, but, what happens? What happens if it's Brent McKenzie? What are you gonna do? Probably leave. <laughs> but I have it on. I have it on good authority that Brent McKenzie is not in it and that he is. Uh, Solely there this month for a contract signing for that big Trinity River Heritage title match that'll be happening in January against Franco D'Angelo. Mm, okay, so I was just interested about that, uh, and and I think maybe as uh, maybe maybe here in a, a couple of shows or episodes uh, we can prep uh, maybe a few names of of who might be uh, the names uh, on that list because I think that might be another interesting well, little tidbit. First, of- first entrance. Are the uh, are the boys Ricky and Corvis from the End of the World party? So oh, I don't know if they'll get paired up together, hmm. or if they'll be paired up against each other at some point. I have no idea how that's going to work, but I do hmm. know that the End of the World party is definitely in it, and I don't know if they're going to be a pair 
or if they're going okay. to be singles that end up, you know, having to, you know, maybe me and Corvis are going to win that thing. That's pretty so, cool. That's pretty so. cool. End of the world party. Pretty wild bunch of wild bunch of kids. Characters. There. Yeah, they're, you know, they pack a mighty wallop for some little guys, don't they? Yeah, they, they definitely little are guys a, wild, and gals. a wild bunch. Guys and gals. Yes, yes absolutely. absolutely. But, uh, yeah, Friday, December 1st, it's right around the corner. You're going to have a good time if you come out. Get you some of that new Body Slammer IPA from Matt War Pro and Martin House Brewing. They'll have it on tap in the in the tap room, and you can buy some to-goes if you need them. So um, come on out. Enjoy the time. You know Starry's Ice Cream is going to be there, and we'll definitely have food trucks on site. So come on out and have a good time with uh, Matt War Pro and uh, your boys from the Texas Rangers with the boys program. Excellent, excellent. Well, hey. Without further ado, we got to talk about it. Um, Rangers do not uh, take game two. Rangers lose nine to one. Let's let's. I mean, we 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 we've done it all year. When the Rangers have won, a, when they lose a game, we do the show. When nope. they win a game, we do the show. So we're here. We got to talk about it. Uh, Rangers do not look good at home in game two after looking uh, like world beaters in game one. But uh, before I turn it over, my first quick thought is that, hey, you know, we've got to, you got to go with the highs. You got to go with the lows. You can't get too low with the lows and you can't get too high with the highs. And and right now you, you can't jump off the bandwagon. We've got to, uh, you know, persevere, stay, and- stay with the, stay with it and keep going. And, you know, we could be that show that comes on here and buries Quinn Walcott and his strike zone and all that stuff, but we're not going to do that. We're going to tip our captain, Merrill Kelly. Yeah, got to do gonna, that. We're going to go to Arizona. And on on Monday night, we're going to put up more than four hits and one run with 10 Ks. Yeah. And that's the only way they're going to go into Arizona and win. They cannot go in there and put up that kind of – you know, you cannot be four for 31 with a walk. Yeah, you can't. You, just can't, you can't be. Like, you're not going to win any games that way. Um, one at bat with runners in scoring position. Um, you know, uh, you can't have woes if you don't get guys in scoring position. And let's really be honest, that ball that Mitch Garver hit out of the ballpark, he had no business hitting that ball. <laughs> None. But he did. That put one run, and they kept the Rangers in the game for a long time, man. They were in that thing until the seventh. Um, yeah. And they were really still in it after the seventh, but when they put up a zero in the bottom half of that seventh and it was still 4-1 going into the eighth and nobody could get an out really in that eighth or the ninth, and, you know, Martin Perez, it was his game after that. And, mm-hmm. you know, Martin Perez gives up four runs. Um, he threw good, you know, he threw good pitches, but he walked too many guys. And I mean, you know, corners are great if you're hitting them, but if you're missing them, they, they ain't worth the lick, you know? And, uh, you know, I, I didn't think that he was bad, but again, you know, his, his box score says that he was bad and that he couldn't get anybody out. But at the same time, you know, I mean, Monty was really good for six innings. Um, you know, I think that Boach was trying to steal a seventh inning or steal a couple of batters in the seventh inning with him, and it didn't work out the way they wanted it to. But well, you can't sit here and all week uh, talk about how much confidence you have in Jordan Montgomery and then question the manager whenever he leaves the guy out there. You know, I mean, you can't do it. You, you, I had I had plenty of confidence that 
uh, Jordan Montgomery was going to find a way in the seventh inning to get some more outs. And it just didn't happen that way on, uh, uh, you know, on Saturday night. And, and that happens. And that's going to happen. You know, there's going to be nights where you get beat. And, you know, really, this was a lot closer game than the, the scoreboard uh, read at the end of the night. But uh, end of the day, you know, you got to score some runs and you got to look at Merrill Kelly and say, hey, man, good stuff last night. Because that's what it was. I mean, he was good. Um, the Diamondbacks offense, you know, they scored some runs late in the game. Congratulations to Cattell Marte, who now has the longest hitting streak in the history of uh, uh, Major League Baseball playoffs post or postseason. And, uh, you know, uh, a one for five for him last night. But, hey, one for five keeps the hitting streak going. And, uh, you know, the, their bullpen was pretty good on the back of uh, Kelly. I, I thought Saul Frank was, uh, you know, it was hittable, but it didn't happen. And then the same thing, Frias at the end of the game, he uh, he looked pretty good. He did have a walk, but overall his stuff was pretty good. And, and you know, he was able to get him in and out of there or get a couple outs right there and, and, and 14 pitches and get out of there even with the walk. So, you know, good stuff from the Arizona Diamondbacks. And, you know, you tip your cap to them for, for Saturday night and then you get ready to play them again on Monday. And, and you're going to their house and the Rangers are 8-0 on the road in the playoffs this year. I don't know that anybody's mm-hmm. ever done that. Um, one thing I want to say, those Diamondbacks, six for 14 with runners in scoring position. And that's how you win ball games. And, you know, yeah. th- they were relentless there in the seventh, eighth, and ninth, and they continued to pour it on. And, uh, you know, there ain't no coming back if, you, if, you, uh, if you're down eight runs. You know, I don't care how good the team is. An eight-run inning is very, very rare. And, uh, you know, you don't see a lot of snowmen. Especially not against closers no. or the back end of bullpen. So, well, I I think too, like when the Rangers didn't answer, I think that's another kind of another big big issue, like big reason why this game got out of hand how it did. It's like when you see the other team kind of starting to mount um, some offensive um, momentum, you got to answer, and you just did not see that from them. Um, in this game. And again, I've just seen many games like this with the Rangers. I think the big thing with them right now is just making sure that they regroup, that they rally, um, that they don't, you know, and again, I'm not worried about them actually, you know, we've seen them do it enough. I'm not worried about them not doing that. Um, But I think that's just kind of the main theme to take away from this game right now is just, Hey, this team has to regroup. They got to rally. They got to come back. Uh, they can't kind of uh, they can't let it get to their head um, and really not worry about the fact that um, a guy that that pitched two guys that pitched in that game are guys that I don't think we've seen very much of uh, over the last few weeks at all. So no, it's not correct. like you had. You know, yeah. yeah, it's not like you had some of your your big time guys um, out there that that were getting lit up. It's not like it was uh, uh, LeClerc or or. Yes, so I think I think that that's a positive side to it. Um, and then one other thing too is this is not the time to start questioning Bruce Bochy. So for all the Twitter uh, people out there that are, because uh, you know they exist, they always do. There's always they, they, there's always those people. Um, stop it, you know, like just just stop now. It's it's not worth your time. Let's trust this guy. He's got us this far. We've we've made it this far. This is the time to trust in the process, trust in the coach, and just know that hey, stuff like this is going to happen. You're going to lose games, um, 
And now is the time to get back up, get on the horse and come back, go back to Arizona and try to take two or three uh, in their house and recapture that home court advantage. Absolutely. I and mean, give yourself a real chance to come back to Arlington and win. And, you know, you know, you got to take one and to give yourself a chance, you take two, you're going to be really looking real good when you come back to Arlington. Um, but, you know, you like the idea of Max Scherzer going. Um, you like the idea of Nathan Eovaldi going game four, kind of up in the air. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if John Gray got that start, but I don't know. I don't know if they might go with, the, like we said, a combination of maybe Heaney, Dunning, Perez, Bradford, Gray, and whoever else is back there ready to go, you know? So, um, you, you know, I wouldn't be shocked. Huh? Sorry to cut you off there, but I wouldn't be shocked to see them give Gray the start, though. Even yeah, no, if I it is either and let him like three or four if, if he's rolling, let him roll. And if he's got the stuff he had on Saturday night or Friday night, you let him run with it. And, and but like I was, I was just going to say, you got to put, nine to one in your rear view mirror, just like the Arizona Diamondbacks put that walk off in the rear view mirror for them on uh, uh Saturday to get right back in this thing. So, you know, Monday's a whole new day and you got a hall of famer pitching for you. And I don't care if he's been hurt or if he's not, you know, he's getting healthier. And anytime mm-hmm. you got a hall of famer on the mound, it's always dangerous. And I mean, you know, I'd say the same thing, even like uh, Clayton Kershaw, you know, I mean, even when they're getting blown out, if it, if it had got to a game five with Arizona, they'd have needed him again. So, you know, it, it's one of those things where he's Hall of Famer. He's going to be he's going to be there someday. And, you know, I mean, he's got the stuff to get them in a position to win this game. And uh, there's no reason to believe that he won't. And, uh, and, you know, he wouldn't be out there competing if he wasn't healthy and, and I think he's just getting healthier every day. And I saw after the game on uh, 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 Friday night, he was in the bullpen throwing a uh, throwing a uh, session. So, you know, he's trying to gear in, get right. And, and, you know, I mean, the rest of the team's celebrating a walk-off win and Max Scherzer's down there throwing a bullpen. But, uh, it, 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 you know, that's why you got a guy like awesome, this, right? Man. man, isn't that the reason you went out and got a guy like this? He wants to be – like. He wants to win too, so you know he's going to go out there and he's going to at least try to have his good stuff. And but we'll talk about that here in a minute. I know you got to tell the people about uh, down on the farm with the boys. Yeah, you know what's interesting is earlier we were talking about the free agents, and um, you know, you know, possibly going out and getting a free agent outfielder. I think Verdugo was the name that got brought up. But I'm going to tell you right now, man, the guy that if you're a Rangers fan that you want to see next year is Wyatt Langford. That's the, the the guy. I don't know if there's a free agent out there with more upside than this guy um, for the Rangers. It's not a matter of if, but is it, uh, it not if he's going to be good, but is this is, is he already ready to come up and be a big leaguer? You saw what we saw with Evan Carter this year. He's kind of been the talk of the entire postseason. So if you aren't, if you didn't know about these guys, if you'd have been listening to our show down on the farm with the boys, you know all about the Rangers minor league system and all the players uh, that they have coming up through this system. And uh, during the off season, we're going to do a deep dive to each organization. So it's going to be a lot of fun to really get to know more about this Rangers minor league system. So if you want to know more, go to our Spotify page or our website, Texas Rangers with the boys.com. One word. 
and subscribe for $1.99 a month, and you will get all your Rangers news organization-wide. So go hit that subscribe button. It's just a couple bucks a month, and get all of your Texas Rangers minor league uh, news today. You know, if we were doing uh, down on the farm with the backs or the D-backs or whatever, Mm -hmm. right? The guy that they've got throwing Monday night would be a guy that we would have talked about a whole lot this season. In our oh yeah, we're talking about PFAT. We're talking about yeah, PFAT, FOT, right? I think it's really FOT. I mean, I think his name is Brandon FOT, not uh, Brandon PFAT. But you know, when I'm on the road and uh, we're doing shows and and guys are making their major league debut and I'm not being able to watch the game with volume, he becomes PFAT. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, just how it peak. went. Yeah, there's so, definitely nothing wrong with calling the guy P Fat. Yeah, definitely not. Definitely not. And I think this will be the first time that uh, old P Fat, the team that uh, he's pitching against in the playoffs, will have seen him on the hill. So, um, you know, I don't know if that gives the Rangers any advantage or not. Um, he's also going to be pitching his Hall of Famer Max Scherzer. So I don't know if that's going to bring anything to the, the forefront for him either, but I doubt it, man. I mean, I doubt it. He seems like he's pretty steadfast and he's a, a you know, a good, a, a good young pitcher that's going to turn into maybe an ace for these guys in, uh, in, in Arizona. Oh, that's, that's all they need is another ace, right? But, <laughs> but yeah, no, he's the type of, he's got that kind of, um, um, resume and like background, and that's the type of guy that he could be. He's a he's a high pedigree guy from Louisville, Kentucky, and you know, he's he's pitched his way into this spot. You know, I mean, this off season he has pitched himself into this spot, and you know, I mean, that's kind of the difference between him and Scherzer right now is is Brandon Fott has kind of pitched his way into this spot where Max Scherzer is kind of in this spot because that's who Max Scherzer is. But there was a time where. You know, Scherz pitched him, himself into that spot. So, anyways, you know, just uh, it's going to be a good one to, uh, tonight, I guess, because this is going to technically be our Monday show, right? Um, yep. So, tonight, 7.03. Uh, I don't know. Is it? I think it might be. Yeah, no, it's on Fox. It's on Fox again. I didn't know if they were going to have it yeah. on Fox Sports 1, but no, it's on Fox. And uh, yeah. for the Rangers, if you want to uh, not listen to John Smoltz and – and uh, Oriole fan number two that calls the game with him. You can always put it on the fan and listen to the great Hall of Fame Eric Nadell call the game. So glad to have him back in the booth and being able to call a World Series for the Rangers this year after what he's been through with his uh, with his mental illness and taking time off to get himself right. So it's so it's uh, you know happy stuff if you're listening to the fan right now and uh, uh, you could tell listening right now that Eric's having the time of his life calling these games. Absolutely. Absolutely. So don't forget to check out the Rangers tonight. Give them all your love and show support. Let's be positive about this team. Um, You know, I know you guys are spending a ton of money because when I was out at the game at the ALCS uh, the other week, I had to wait 20 minutes just to get into the merch store, merch store. So get your Rangers gear on, get ready, get pumped. Let's support this team and show them that uh, we're going to stick it out with them through thick and thin. And we got to go to Arizona and we got to come back to Texas 
uh, with a, to give ourselves a chance to win this thing. And like I said, I think we got to get two on the road here. Nope. I think no reason why we, we can't did. come back from Arizona with a ring, bro. There's no reason why we couldn't because we came back from Houston with that ALCS banner. So it's completely possible. Um, but you got anything else before we sign out of here? I just wanted to say that ALCS banner up there in the uh, in the in the band in the rafters at the ballpark looked fantastic for all the guys taking pictures of that and putting it up on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, we're we're happy to see that ALCS banner, but that's not the pinnacle. We've got one more banner that we need to hang in that stadium. So for so thank you guys for tuning in. Don't forget to check us out on social media, TX Rangers WTB. Don't forget to check out our website, TexasRangersWithTheBoys.com. All one word. And don't forget to subscribe to our exclusive content, Down on the Farm with the Boys, where we cover all things Rangers minor league, just $1.99 a month. Don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcasting platform. For the 300-pound animal, this is your boy, Kev. Let's go, Rangers. Let's win this World Series. Texas Rangers with the Boys, signing out.